so enthusiastic, isn't he? Back at Mita, uh, back at MJ Unpacked here at Mita Unshackled, and uh, we're doing another one of our ESPN Game Day style things, where we pick up three interesting individuals uh, wandering around here at MJ Unpacked, and everyone at MJ Unpacked, from vendor to sponsor to attendee, is involved in some sort of interesting way in the cannabis business, and as we know, cannabis advocacy as well. But first of all, let me thank our sponsors again, Cali Effects. Thank you to Jack Herrera, the official legacy Jack Herrera brand, looking to come to a market near you and Pure 5, the number one cleanest, fastest, smoothest, sexiest extraction machine in cannabis. And I, again, am Dimitri Downing, uh, your host, and I am pleased to be joined by Bridget, Nikki, and Rebecca, who are three uh, extremely well-known uh, advocates in the cannabis space. Um, and I'm just getting to know them because I'm kind of a West Coast guy and they're kind of Northeast girls, right? Ladies? Yes. yes. Ladies? So I can't say girls or ladies. I say girls is like more youthful, you know what I'm saying? All right, so let's let's get, let's get let, let our audience get to know you as I get to know you and I'll try to ask them the questions that they might ask. But uh, let's start with Dr. Bridget. Yes. Dr. Dr. Bridget. Yes. Uh, tell us about uh, Dr. Bridget, uh, Dr. Bridget, Dr. Williams, Dr. Bridget Cole Williams. Yes. But you go by Dr. Bridget. People like me. That's a cool name. I like yeah. that. So tell us about you, Dr. Bridget. How did your, how did you end up becoming a cannabis advocate? So, short story is or that doctor, I, which is kind of a big deal too. Sure. <laughs> so um, I am traditionally a family physician. I spent almost twenty years at the Cleveland Clinic um, in family medicine, occupational medicine, and I got tired quickly. I felt that my patients were unhappy. I was unhappy. And so I actually started taking patients and helping them get off of medications. One of those people was a recent uh, breast cancer survivor and diabetic. She started asking me about cannabis. I thought she was absolutely off a rocker. So I started looking up information to prove it. And I got proved wrong. I saw all this incredible information about cannabis at that time. And I supported her journey, and I saw cannabis helping her in a way that pharmaceuticals were not. What year did you kind of like come to my awakening happened in between 2012-2015? I was a Jesse No Nancy Reagan kind of guy. Right, me too. Right, the egg and your brain, and yeah. you know. So I mean, this was about 15, 12, 15 years ago. Yeah, yeah. Uh, now I have a T-shirt that says "Plant-based remedies are safer than pharma." Yes, absolutely. And I saw how we were all being manipulated by, so by the system. And so uh, so she did incredibly well, And but this was slightly illegal at the time, at least in, in the state of Ohio. And so uh, when it became legal in Ohio, I wanted to be a part of it. And so I've created a couple brands and opportunities around uh, changing the stigma and helping patients in this space. Yeah. It's a, the collective ignorance of, of, of how prohibition came about and how it continued it just never ceases to amaze me and shock me mm-hmm. spending a lot of time educating people so yes. w- what brands you say you created you created? so my original business is green harvest health we had four offices before covid then going down to two with telemedicine and so it was a well it's a medical cannabis and integrative office um i since then i've branched into dr bridget md Dot com, which does uh, cards, integrative medicine. Plus, we have two CBD lines, a medicinal and a lifestyle brand. Right. The lifestyle brand is Embody, as well as creating um, a book series called Courage and Cannabis. Excellent. Uh, what, yes. what are the two CBD brands? Are those available online? Yes. So there is Green Harvest Health um, is the medicinal brand at greenharvesthealthcbd.com. And Embody is my my favorite, right? Um, the Beauty and Lifestyle, and that's at MyEmbodyLife.com. MyEmbodyLife.com. Well, that's fantastic. Now, tell us about your books. Yes, yes. So um, when I started seeing patients in the space, um, I was really, you know, everyone's talking about homegrown legislation and all these different aspects of um, the political aspect of cannabis. And that first patient I gave a card to was this huge guy, and he started crying. And I was like, you know, what's going on here? And he was like, boys don't cry. I'm just kidding. It's a song. I don't cure. Boys don't cry. You know the song? We we encourage authenticity, whatever it may be. I am nothing but a series of 
ridiculous 80s references. <laughs> I can appreciate that. So, um, but he said, you know, I, I can show my son my card. I can tell him I'm not a pothead. I can tell him this is my medicine. And that really hit me. And then I had another woman come in and she was tearful and she was like, I can go back to church. I can show them I'm a real patient and I can start going back to church again. And I realized that there was another whole set of stories that were not being shared about people that were coming from the legacy space that were dealing with shame and guilt and how this changed their life, let alone how they were coming back and how it was helping their pain, anxiety, fibromyalgia, cancer, you know, and you know, all these other conditions. And so I actually started writing these stories down because they were so moving. Um, I went from writing them myself and turning it into anthologies where I actually get the people, they write their own stories. We shape them, coach them, help them become authors. And so our first book was 18 authors that share how cannabis and CBD changed their life from patient care to entrepreneurship, um, educators, all of the above. And, uh, we incredible experience where we actually network, we stay together. It's not just turning your story, but we, we're a community. And now we're working on book two, which is much more authors, 24 authors with sparks, which are people that are writing little testimonies and they're prominent people in the cannabis space, or they're writing quotes, Ed Rosenthal, Adam Wilkes, Mike Tyson from Tyson 2.0, Jane West, um, Marilyn Mother of Patients Out of Time, and numerous people that I met over the last two years that influenced me um, as I entered into this cannabis space. And why, why do you call them sparks? Because they're shorter. Okay. And they're just testimonies or short test uh, or yeah. short quotes. Is that a technical term? Or is that something you use? Sparks? No, I was being creative. Okay. Like, spark it up. But you said anthology. I was like, okay, I don't use that word very often oh. in sentences. Collection of authors. So I'm going to give you credit for knowing a lot of big words. Oh. Yeah. And no, you the said sparks, sparks and I'm like, okay, that doesn't sound like it's technical. Term, no, sparking it up, just like little short little okay. snippets in snippets. between all the other larger chapters. Oh, that's fair enough. Yeah. I'm not. No, I'm I was trying to learn from your vocabulary, and then you yeah. threw that down. So I just had to. I like snippets better. Yeah, but that's that works. <laughs> and I haven't word, heard the word anthology. Anthology. Collection of authors. Yeah, for like three Years. decades. Yeah. That's incredible. I'm that's older. So, well, no, I mean, but I, I went to Boston University, though. Yeah. But I realized, I try to, like, lower it down to, like, the lowest common denominator so more people understand me. Sure, absolutely. You know, so now I've found I just speak in metaphors. Yeah. You know, like I like, like ducks in a row, you know? That yeah. makes sense. Try to, like, rather than explain the concept of ducks in a row, say ducks in a row. Sure. I'll make a child like that. Yeah. And then Nikki's one of the authors as well for the new book. So you guys are co-authors. Oh, for... So, Nick, Nikki's Nick, in the for, new book. For, for the new book. Yes. But you have... Your, those are your books, the yes. old books. Yeah. yeah. And where can people find those books? So um, book number one is now on Amazon, um, as well as Walmart and BarnesandNobles.com. And, and honestly, and they're online on most small bookstores across America. Wow, that's that's so cool. That yeah. That's exciting. I need to have a book on Amazon. You what Join our book? next book. I could do a snippet. You, you could do a spark. I could do a spark. <laughs> yes. Well, mine would be more like a flame. Oh, the, hey, Sorry, I love we're, that. We're building off of your language. I love that. Yes, we're creating our own little vocabulary over here. <laughs> uh, so, Nikki, and let, we'll come back to Bridget. We'll sure. join the conversation. You guys can ask questions of her, too, as well, if you want to. So, but let's get you introduced first. Yes. Uh, Nikki, tell us about your journey in cannabis. And you have this really cool guide, which we'll get to eventually. But let's first talk about you. Sure. So, cannabis actually saved my life in 2017. I'm a former pediatric nurse, and a patient became combative for a vaccine. He hit me in the head. I bounced off into a wall and then back into his head. So I suffered a significant brain injury, um, and I was prescribed numerous pharmaceuticals. I was in a very dark place, and honestly, a billboard in Nevada came driving by advertising, get your medical marijuana card in Nevada today. And when that happened, it was like meant for me. And I began my medical cannabis journey um, as a healthcare provider. I was never informed about an endocannabinoid system nor um, that cannabis could be medicine. I viewed it literally as hotheads, people getting stoned. And I was exactly what Nancy Reagan envisioned when she had that Just Say No campaign. I mean, it's a hell of a job. 
Yes. I know. I know. I mean, it was really um, eye-opening that I could go to 50 different providers of medicine and never once was cannabis or plant medicine or diet or other things introduced, only prescription pills. And, and hold you down for a second, because I always wondered this, and I really, really asked this question on the podcast. You went to medical school. Where did you go to medical school? Um, Michigan State. What do the doctors and the scientists and the professors at medical school, what year did you go? Um, I left at, well, I graduated in 2001. Okay, so 2000, 1997, 2001. What do they teach the students about the thousands of herbal remedies and plant-based remedies around the world? Zero. And what do they say when they're asked about them? Fufu, fake, holistic for holistic people, but not any, no credibility behind it. No credibility behind it. That's Mm -hmm. it. it. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, keep in mind, we're all in the medical space and we've all had this, and we're all a little bit different in our experiences as far as where we went to school and our education, but we all have that in common, right? Yeah. That none of us had any... If what I, let me tell you what I knew about cannabis. First of all, it was marijuana. Mm-hmm. It made you stupid. Yeah. And tell me if I'm right, right? Yeah. Um, I was also told it gave you gynecomastia or man boobs. Yeah. And that was it for me. I don't know what uh, you guys said. Nikki, in your medical training, though, like you know, when you were trained, it, it always bog, boggles my mind that somebody doesn't say it's, it's just a plant, it's just an herb, it's just a remedy, these are what people do, and... You know what? What's the like the policy? What's like the official teaching thing? What did? What was your experience like? As you said, so if you would have told me your child was using cannabis to manage their seizures, I would have called Child Protective Services. Yeah. because my license was on the line. Right, and it's a Schedule One drug, and it was not a gray area. It was a black and white area, mm-hmm. and. If you're giving your child cannabis without my doctor's medical approval, um, that's illegal. You're not allowed to do that. And yeah, it's just ridiculous so, how people, how the healthcare practitioners are directed right at pharma as the answer. Mm-hmm. I, uh, you know? I'm 30, 30 to 40 years old. <laughs> yeah, let's <laughs> talk. Let's, I'm sorry, Nick, I don't mean to. Like, um, but first, introduce yourself. Oh, oh well, are you. No, are you, but you're going to comment. Okay. I, was, I, 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 I want to make sure people know who you are. Um, so I'm Rebecca Abraham. So I'm responsible for your I'm Sure. I'm a registered nurse. Um, I have been a registered nurse for oh, 14, 15 years now. And um, I have been utilizing cannabis since before I was a nurse. I majored in the arts and music. And uh, I also had s- severe chronic migraine migraines from having a car accident at 14. I went through the windshield. Uh, so those migraines don't get better with traditional medicine. Um, I went to nursing school and I own Acute on Chronic. We are a, uh, a clinic f- uh, for cannabis nurses and we work with physicians like Dr. Bridget because um, there are a few true, true, true cannabis clinicians available globally and Dr. Bridget's probably one of 10 uh, nationally, one of 25 in internationally um so physicians like her are quite special advocates like nikki are quite special because she has this healthcare background and she's like a true advocate so uh, i went to nursing school in the early 2000s and i actually did a project i did, i said exactly what you did i did my entire policy project on cannabis recreational and medical why is this illegal why do patients not have access to this it is just a plant and uh Nobody what, at nursing what, school liked me. They, that was at nursing school? Yeah. Uh, where, where was that? In Chicago, Chicago, on the south side. Okay. Yeah, small, small private school. So um, I, my entire nursing career, people, <laughs> I never fit in in these systems. Uh, they weren't happy. They, I had many professors try to fail me consistently right. for years. Um, I was always afraid I was going to lose my license to cannabis, actually. Um, which was wild. I would joke when I had to be drug tested. My husband's a physician. He's a DO. Um, he had a little bit different training than an MD did, but right. he was never taught about cannabis, and DOs are kind of more hippie, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but I used to joke when I had to get drug tested, I would uh, be, you know, taking tramadol, which is called tramadont because people can die from it. And I would joke like, oh, look, isn't this so much healthier than cannabis <laughs> with the like 10% all-cause mortality rate here? But when I talked about it in nursing school, um, 
it was not talked about and it just made me a target. Same thing in the hospital setting. I am a fierce defender of healthcare workers and nurses and patients and all that did is put me in a line of fire to be fired. Um, did you have colleagues though that were on board with you? Yes. You did? Yeah. Okay. So the colleagues, the, the, the other working folks were like, Rebecca's an OG. And even in grad, I'm getting my doctorate now and it's, uh, it's not, it's not necessarily the friendliest situation because of my business. Um, I am not, I'm graded. I feel like harder, there are harder expectations for me because I'm not a traditional bedside nurse anymore pursuing graduate yeah. studies. I'm doing it for fun as an entrepreneur mm-hmm. and they don't seem to love that. Yeah, I get that. So, you know, this is, you know, an absolute blow my mind. I'm going to tell a little story about myself, go right back to you guys. I came into the industry in 2012. I was an ex-prosecutor trying to figure out what's going on. I thought these hippies found a politically viable way to get high. Nancy says marijuana is bad for you. And it never even crossed my mind that I had been going to the doctor for like 12 years and just getting prescribed medicines and stuff. But I did avoid, avoid the cholesterol medication that they said I needed back in 2010. But I'm using it now. But that was after 12 years. But... Um, the cannabis industry, you know, I stood three years, 2012, 2015, setting business, industry regulations, all this kind of stuff. And it's just so amazing to me that so many healthcare professionals weren't and don't speak up about alternative medicine and alternative remedies and nutrition and exercise and all these things that are important. And they focus on prescribing I you mean, know. it wasn't always like that, though. It, it, but, yeah, maybe, and I wasn't around in the 50s, 40s, 30s, sure. or 1800s, but it's just extraordinary how focused they are yeah. on getting you a pill. Yeah. You know, I think it's the drug reps. Well, it's the pharmaceutical companies, yeah. yeah. Without a doubt, we've been brainwashed. And I think when I had that patient, and I saw how she did so much better than my other patients that were on uh, pharmaceuticals, I started and I was probably, I was new, so I was probably like three or four years into my career, I started questioning everything I was seeing. Because I was like, if I didn't know about this and it works that well, what else are you not telling me about? What else have I turned my nose up at without even really being at all aware what it actually did? And I realized that there were a lot of things that I would kind of roll my eyes at because it didn't fit into the pharmaceutical model. And, and then I started getting in a fair amount of trouble at uh, the Cleveland Clinic because I started bucking the system. But my yeah. patients, were we were connecting, and I saw them responding so much differently than they were before. That's interesting. It's, it's a fascinating thing. Um, so do you think that we're going to see other herbs and remedies? I mean, is this just the beginning of a massive wave of alternative medicine? And I, mm-hmm. and I, and I wonder also that because I think COVID kind of like was also like an awakening. And, 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 you know, I watched television like everyone else, and I got COVID like everyone else, and I was scared for a moment like everyone else, like I was going to die or something. An emergency room physician said, whatever you don't ever let them ventilate you because that increases your chance of injury and complications by like 20%. Mm-hmm. She said, just avoid it at all costs. So my oxygen level went down to 84 83 I was like whatever you know so I stayed there in my house because I was a, eventually it went through after four or five days and I got better when I started to get better get back up to 90 and mm-hmm. I, I had no idea what the proper level was supposed to be but I'm just doing this at home and then I said I gotta get back to the United States because I'm actually in Columbia at home mm-hmm. but now I get so I fly back first class all covered up Mexico City Tijuana cruise across the border there San Diego Mm-hmm. Sneak back really fast in 24 hours. Get to Scottsdale. Call the head of the natural. She's a naturopathic nurse out of Miami. Naturopathic doctor out of Miami. I'm like, give me the best naturopathic doctor you know. And she's like, there's one right next to the Mayo Scottsdale. She's like, they're dealing a lot with COVID. So I walk in there with like two masks on because I got COVID, right? And the first thing, she's not masked. And I'm like, I'm like, okay. And nobody else is in their mask. Other people are masked. I'm like, but I have COVID. She's like, she's like, don't worry. First thing, let me tell you, you're going to survive. Mm. We're naturopathic doctors. We're not afraid of a little bug, nor should you be. Mm. That moment was like the beginning of the healing. I said, give me all your remedies. 
And so they gave me all these cool remedies. They gave me this vibration one that they something that vibrated the mucus out of my lungs. And she's like, she's like, well, you know, uh, I'm like, this is great. It's helping me breathe. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, is this what they do over at the Mayo? She's like, no, they don't do this at the Mayo because they don't have a insurance code for it. And and and, oh, and she's okay. like, she's like, all the nurses from the Mayo and the doctors of Mayo are sending people over here because we're doing this this like steam therapy and and also all sorts of alternative medicine therapies. Three days later, I was doing hot yoga again. And 100%, my thing was 96. And I was like, holy shit. Thank God for cannabis, because it w- awoke me to the fact that there was alternative medicine out there. And thank God for, you know, this direction, because that, like, woke me up about a lot of things. Do you guys think the future is filled with more stuff like this? Was that the first time you saw a naturopath? That was the first time I went That's to a naturopathic really doctor. fascinating. I love that. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and I am forever going to go to naturopathic doctors first. I have a problem with my foot right now. And I have a lot of naturopathic remedies happening. Sure. And uh, we'll, we'll see what happens. And, yeah. uh, but I did take the cholesterol medication in the end. And it's not about being anti-pharmaceutical, right? Yeah. I don't yes. think it, we're yeah. n- none of us are anti-pharmaceutical. Right. But there needs we need to be more open-minded. We, medicine used to be clinicians, investigators, scientists that took each patient individually, did their own homework really discovered and found out what was right for their patients. And mom and grandma. And mom, like the aloe and the, God forbid, the cod liver oil and all that stuff, right? Is, is there a better doctor or nurse than mom? No, <laughs> no, absolutely, right? Although right. if I see cod liver oil today, I will, I'm, I'm running out of here. Chicken soup? Yes. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it's a, I think the future is going to be a balance because I, I think there's a place there's a famous doctor who says we can't throw all the pharmaceuticals out the window, otherwise the, the birds would eat them. Um, <laughs> but, that is funny. Um, oh. I, I think there's a place for pharmaceuticals, like uh, antibiotics. Awesome. You know, if I get hit by a car, send me to the trauma surgeon for sure. But I think the future is going to be this hybrid where there are things that are you know, botanicals like cannabis, uh, psychedelics are going to be awesome for yeah. and we should explore that and diet and exercise and i think i think that's the beauty of like what dr bridget's doing um and it's the combination that's really important because um well i i worked in critical care while covid was huge in 2020 and i also ran my business and um i I love naturopaths but i also i, I want both i want both traditional medicine yes. and uh, integrative medicine for sure and I think that's the future and I think that's where so many patients are yeah. do I I don't think it's a pill for everything but I do think it's going to be some sort of combo because what do you think of ventilators I mean there were some people who needed them and survived absolutely um there were some people where perhaps we shouldn't have but um that's all we don't, you don't have enough time on this podcast to discuss the the workings of critical care in america the fact of the matter is 40 percent i'm not a fan of ventilators 40 percent of people are leaving traditional medicine and looking for an alternative care and that was 2019 statistic and so post-covid i guarantee you that number is much higher than it was you know pre-covid yeah so this cannabis is a part of that new option for people and that's really exciting i have a new litmus test for politicians you know the abortion one that's fine but i have a new litmus test is public health an art or is it a science or is it both and if you answer it's a science i won't vote for you if you answer that it's both you have my vote if you answer that it's an art then you're probably going to lose your election but i love you oh i left politics to do this I, yeah. I had a very strange path. But ultimately, uh, these pe- are the people both, that are going to make these decisions. Both. Both. The answer is both. And here's mm-hmm. it's my last thing I'm going to say. When we look back at the history of medicine, uh, germ theory, the guy who discovered germ theory, where he's like, hey, guys, maybe we should stop using this water pump. I think it's giving everybody typhoid. Everyone laughed at him. And people who believed in germs were, like, kicked out of medicine. Right. Uh, and it's because they did the practice first and then did the research. And that's what we should do in cannabis and so when we're thinking about how far medicine and nursing has to come think about germ theory because that all of the traditional establishment laughed at these people took away their medical medical license and like germs are every like it that is very real but you guys are are very open-minded people and courageous because you're bucking the system you're uh 
moving away from the status quo and you're open-minded and that, that, that's fantastic. Uh, but we do have to wrap this up because we have another podcast coming in. Uh, in one minute, uh, closing thoughts and how do people get a hold of you and maybe summarize a project that you might be working on? Yeah. Uh, com. Uh, just putting an acute on chronic on all social medias. Definitely buy Dr. Bridget's book. We, we would love to be a part of future iterations, second, third, sixth editions, because there will be more. Uh, and if you're in Ohio, um, what I've been on the podcast circuit with Bridget for years now, but um, we finally linked up as we're get growing in Ohio. So like, if you're in the Midwest, call us, call Dr. Bridget, but acute on chronic, and you can find both of us and buy her book. I don't have a book. You should buy Bridget's book. <laughs> Nikki? Uh, Nikki Lolly, uh, you can find me on all social medias as well as Nikki and the plant spelled out dot org. And we didn't have a chance to talk about Nikki's wonderful pocket guide here. And uh, we'll show it here. How do people get a hold of this? It's on my website under the resources tab, Nikki and the plant.org resources. And uh, it really is a breakdown of all the cannabinoids and terpenes that just and the medicinal benefits of the plant. So I'm an educator and just bringing awareness to the plant in a way that can really make a difference to people. Well, if you're out at conferences, find her, grab her, stop her. Most of what Mita does is try to educate industry professionals. There's a million of them in the United States now. Uh, and a lot of them can't leave to go to conferences. So we say, we'll bring people to you. Wonderful. And so when you're out, find her. Yeah. And so I'm Dr. Bridget MD. So you can, that's my Instagram and Facebook and TikTok and all the above and go to Amazon for Courage and Cannabis. Um, Go to our website, courageandcannabis.com to learn more about the book and myembodylife.com and all of the above. Well, we will see you out there. Please follow Mita and what we do. And as we develop a national trade organization, we're still uh, interstate in commerce wise but we hope to develop a national organization around the best interests of patients and consumers and working with companies that support that that's uh, generally the brands Um, but we don't need to talk about that that's a long story so thank you guys enjoy the show enjoy the uh, uh, networking at MJ Impact and we will see you probably soon enough absolutely thank you thank you for joining us thanks so much and thank you to our sponsors Cali FX Pure 5 and the original Jack Herrera coming to a market near you.